Just now I'm going to read a Bible passage uh, and then in a moment Stephen will come and share from it. If you turn with me to Matthew chapter 20, we're not beginning any new series today. We'll wait till next week to do that. Uh, so this is a, just a, a one-off look at a Bible passage, Matthew chapter 20. It's page 987. And we're going to read the opening part of that chapter, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Matthew 20, page 987. This is Jesus speaking now. He taught with parables. He told us stories to help us understand better life in the kingdom of God. But often, and I think it's the case with this one, they were very subversive. They got under your skin. This story certainly does that. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out again and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one's hired us, they answered him. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I have to say, when um, you look down at the, the worship schedule and you see the words one-off, um, I always dread that uh, because you then are sitting with a Bible in front of you going, what, what one small bit of this uh, can I randomly pick out that's going to help people? Um, I, I much rather let Christoph pick the series and then if it's rubbish and if I'm terrible, I can at least partially blame him um, for, for giving me that passage. But um, this is a, a passage, I sort of thought after two months of Ecclesiastes, um, maybe something from one of the Gospels might be, might be helpful. 
And this is a, a parable that um, I've had the, the, the reason to, to, to look at a bit recently. Um, and I have found it to be uh, incredible. Um, and I thought as, as the first Sunday in September, lots of us going back to, to school, to a new season of work, um, I think what this parable reminds us about what God has done for us and its challenge to us um, about what God has called us to um, is very timely. So before we, we get into it, let me just uh, pray and then we'll, we'll, we'll open this, um, this passage up. Lord, we thank you for this privilege Lord, the privilege to hear from your word, that you through um, so many people over such a long period of time uh, recorded your very word for us. Lord, that is just as relevant, just as purposeful today as it was the day it was first written down. Lord, we know that you speak through your word. And Lord, we pray that, that by your spirit working within me and working within us, Lord, you will help us to hear uh, and to share together in your word. Lord, that this would be a time where you encourage us, where you challenge us, where you remind us of your greatness and your goodness. And Lord, that you equip us and send us out into this world, this world that needs to hear and know about you. Lord, be with us now. Amen. Um, I've maybe shared this with you before. Um, when I was growing up through church, my Bible class leader um, was the, the minister's wife. And she used to say nearly every other week, she would, she would say this, there is nothing you can do to make God love you any more. And there is nothing you can do to make God love you any less. That's what grace is all about. Um, I maybe have also shared with you that I, that I found out since then that she stole that from Philip Yancey. Um, but that's okay, because there's nothing she can do to make God love her any less. C.S. <laughs> Lewis, um, the, the writer of the Narnia books, and probably one of the greatest Christian thinkers of the last century, he was once walking past a room where there was a very noisy debate taking place, and it distracted him from his thinking. So he barged in, and he demanded to know what all the racket was about. And it turned out it was, a, it was a British conference on comparative religion. And the delegates were discussing if there was anything that was unique to Christianity when compared to other world religions. So, with C.S. Lewis in the room, they asked Dr. Lewis what his thoughts were. And his response was this, oh, that one's easy. It's grace. And he swiftly turned and walked back out of the room. This morning, we're going to be looking at this parable of Jesus which on the surface might seem to be about unjust working conditions, but it's actually all about the most amazing thing that God has ever done for us. And that is to show us his grace, his undeserved, unmerited, unearned, unequal, almost unbelievable favor. We're in Matthew 20, we find that Jesus, he's, he's making his way towards Jerusalem, towards that cross that he willingly went to to make God's grace a reality. And he teaches this parable to show his followers 
and us what's so amazing about grace. How we can sometimes think negatively about grace. And I think he also shows us a little something of what our response to grace should be. So what's so amazing about grace? Well, in the parable, we we see that the landowner himself is the one who steps out and draws in these groups of workers. The workers, they don't show up on their own. They don't stumble across this vineyard. They are sought. Even those first workers, they would never have ended up in that vineyard if the landowner hadn't gone out and welcomed them in. Grace is not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can stumble upon. Grace is a gift from God. He comes and he invites us into his vineyard, into his kingdom. Described here as a vineyard because it's the place that's filled with life and abundance. I wonder have you accepted that invitation? That invitation to put your faith in Christ and all that he did for you through his death and resurrection. Do you live in that kingdom? That place where there is real life and hope for eternity? I wonder if you ever felt that invitation. God saying, come. Come and be with me. Come and live the life that you were created to live. And one day come and live in perfection forevermore. Maybe God's saying that to you today. Come, accept my grace through faith in my son, Jesus. Notice that to those who accept the invitation to come and work in the vineyard, they get what they need. Each worker is paid a denarius, a good day's wages for this kind of work. Most of these day laborers are, they they, they lived a pretty hand-to-mouth existence. They needed that denarius each day to properly feed and look after their families. Whether they worked from early morning or they could only get work for an hour before sunset, they still needed that denarius. We know that's not the way the world works. They should have received the money that they deserve for the amount of work that they did. But we need to thank God that that's not how his kingdom works. Those of us in the kingdom, we don't get what we deserve. We get what we so desperately need. And what we need is to be saved. Saved from the the justice that we do deserve. For as as R.C. Sproul puts it, our acts of cosmic treason against the holy and righteous king of the universe. But this God, this God who owes us nothing, who we constantly let down, act against, and live in opposition to, he doesn't give us what we deserve. Instead, he offers us what we need, a way of forgiveness, a way to have our sin and its consequences dealt with once 
and for all. All through what Jesus did, all through what he did on that cross that we'll be coming to think about and focus on a bit later. The perfect man, God made flesh, sacrificing himself to take our sin away from us. And even more than that, because when we we put our faith in Christ, he doesn't just take the punishment for our sin, but he gives to us his righteousness. His perfection covers us. And we are brought right into the family of God. Romans 8 describes Christians as children of God and co-heirs to the very kingdom with Christ. That is what grace is all about. Through it, God lifts dead people, not dying people, not people in a a wee bit of bother or trouble. God lifts dead people out of their graves, breathes new life into them, and makes them adopted children of the ultimate king of the universe. Grace is what we need. And it's so much more than we deserve. Life instead of death. Hope instead of despair. Forgiveness instead of justice. That's what's so amazing about grace. I wonder, have you accepted that grace? I wonder, are you living in the grace of God? And if not, why? Sadly, though, the the reality is that we don't always find that grace to be so amazing. We see that in the parable. The workers who have been hard at it all day in the blazing heat, they're angry. They're angry when they find out that people who have barely worked for one hour in the cool of the evening are getting the exact same reward. I wonder you kind of with them there. If you had been one of those workers at it all day, working your butt off for this denarius, this thing that you need, would you not have felt a little bit cheated by the actions of that, that vineyard owner? But then we take a step back and we look at, at verses 13 to 16, the end of the, the passage, and we maybe see things a little bit differently. The workers who work all day, they get exactly what they were promised. They get exactly what they needed. They are in in no way cheated. And what the vineyard owner chooses to do with the rest of his money, it's absolutely none of their business. They feel cheated by his generosity to others. This generosity that that makes these others that they see as being less deserving their equals. They completely miss the fact that the generosity of this vineyard owner allows so many other people to live. Wonder are you ever prone to be the, the grumbling worker? What might that look like to us? What I really hope is that that never 
looks like you complaining that, that someone, maybe after living years in, in opposition to God, have been involved in all sorts of despicable acts and practices, when they finally accept that call and, and receive that much-needed grace that you go, that's not fair. They don't deserve that. But I wonder in what other ways we might grumble. Are you happy to welcome everybody into this church? Would anybody, regardless of status or background or past sin or sin they're still struggling with, be made welcome here? If they chose to come and to be amongst us and to hear from God's truth, would we welcome them to this place? Or do we say, this part of the body is is really only for people like us, people who, who fit easily here, not people who are going to cause us problems. Not people who, who we maybe don't want mixing with our kids. They, they can go elsewhere. Do we think twice about letting people know that we're Christians? Or inviting certain people along to things like Christianity Explored or, or Christmas or Easter services or even to a Sunday morning? Younger guys, do you pick and choose who you tell that you're a Christian? Do you tell anyone outside of this place? Do you only invite certain friends along to Converse or BBGB district? Do we vet who we bring that invitation to? Are we being like those first workers? Deciding who is and who isn't worthy and deserving of the chance to hear about and see God's grace? Who are we? Who are we to be envious because our God is generous? The one who was so generous to us when he invited us to receive forgiveness and life in him. Let's never grumble about what his grace can do and let's never hold it back from others who need it. And that brings us to our our response to this grace. I think that the parable shows us that as well. Those who are invited into the vineyard, into the kingdom, who are promised this pay, this grace that we so desperately need, they get put to work, tending the vineyard, building the kingdom. And what is our work as disciples, as followers of Christ. It's to go and make disciples. It's to live out this amazing grace that we have been shown. It's to demonstrate it to those around us. To share and live out the gospel in word and action in every area of our lives. With every person we meet. God doesn't need us for this. But he invites us into his work to share the joy and the hope that we have found in Christ. Knowing that he is with us. Knowing that his spirit is there to help us, to guide us, and to lead us. This parable is is all about grace. How God invites us into his kingdom, gives us the grace we so desperately need, 
warns us to never take this grace for granted and gives us this opportunity to serve him by living out this grace to others. That's why we, we continue to exist on this planet. That's why God doesn't just bring us to be with him at the moment we come to faith. The denarius has been promised to us. Now we need to get out into the fields, into the kingdom, and do this work. I hope this morning as we, we think about this parable, as we, as we come to remember once again the, the sacrifice that Christ made for us, you are once again amazed by this incredible grace that God has shown to you. And you think once more about this, this awesome privilege that we have to be able to go out and share his life-giving truth and grace with everyone we meet. I wonder how you're going to go about doing that this week. Let's pray.